What is good, y'all? Welcome back to the Cycle 365. This is our last mini series episode of our a dive into youth sports mini series. This one's really gonna be more of a wrap-up episode, a breakdown, you know, kind of just gonna review the past couple episodes, you know. And with me, I got my co-host, Cody. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself again? Well, y'all have heard me if you listen to the cycle, and if you've heard a couple of two of the last three episodes of the mini series, and I was also featured on the one with burnout. So that's true. Yeah. And so the the way I see this episode, this is gonna be more of like an overview, right? So we're gonna talk some of the highlights, the things we took away personally from this mini series. Um, hopefully I could have Justin and Addison or a couple other people on this episode as well and we're just gonna go over and review it so if you haven't seen the mini series episodes i highly recommend it we highly recommend it you know we got a lot of great guests on it was awesome we got to talk a whole bunch of things from a whole bunch of different points of views uh, about sports and not even professional but you know the up-and-comers u18 youth sports au all that great stuff and so if you haven't checked those out I recommend them, but we are going to talk about some of those today. So, Cody, I—I I mean, you weren't on all of the episodes. Have you actually listened to all of them yet? I might yes. this out, but oh, you have? Yes, I have. Sweet. Okay. Well, then let's just hop into it. Then you know. So, what? How about this? What was one of your? What was a couple of your favorite episodes or moments, whatever, and why? So, as far as episodes that i listened to uh i had a lot of fun listening to jasmine's story on the topic of it was oh my goodness privilege in sport i yeah. think that addison did a really good job during that interview and i think jasmine was a wonderful guest and really eye-opening i really liked her talking about her community experiences and getting the youth involved and also just like it's refreshing to hear people within the realm of sport talking about the privilege that it takes to get to certain positions or, you know, some things that they may have seen and specifically talking hockey, how it's kind of a low access sport. And, you know, I think it's a very reassuring that people our age are like admitting that and are being, you know, their eyes are open to the privilege that they have. So that was super refreshing i really enjoyed that episode personally that was probably like my favorite you know the interview with uh kenny long was it was a really good one you know i had a lot of fun listening to that just because you know we we had the dude from from typha on on the cycle which if you told me a yeah. year ago that that was going to happen i i don't know if i would have believed you so you know i think that we also had some good guests on the discrimination episode and it was also pretty fun listening to well alicia was a good guest and everyone that we had on the miniseries was kind of like part of my favorite part and it was nice yeah. that um you know we we got to hear some more um some more of the uh villianos villiano ah, my bad simon no. <laughs> villianos family yeah jesus i'm sorry i'm tired i just worked out but <laughs> <laughs> more of the Villano's family on here as well. I thought that that was fun. And I bet you had a lot of fun with that too, right, Simon? Yeah, no, I would say for sure the guests made it really good. Like, it was... Okay, so the Jasmine episode was actually one of my favorite ones. I didn't 
interview Jasmine, obviously, I wanted Addison to take that role, you know, because, you know, it was it was his contact. Right. But, I, you know, I listened to it. I sat in and then obviously I did come in near the end there. Mm-hmm. But that was really fun to hear. Like you said, Addison did a wonderful job. Jasmine did a wonderful job. It was good. It was actually really good hearing about that because I, I think the thing that I really like most about this miniseries is just that there are a lot of points of views that, you know, that I got to take in because I'm obviously more of a football guy, I would say. And even then, like listening to that privilege, it most definitely got or listening to that privilege, listening to that story or a podcast about privilege. It really got me thinking about how lucky I was that I lived in a in a football state like Texas, because football is tough. You know, equipment could be pretty pricey if you want, you know. Also, if you're a growing kid, you're going to probably have to buy some new pads every year. Unless you just wear the same ones, but that could get pretty unsafe, especially the helmets too. So you don't, I don't know how much you really want to test that out, but it's something that could be tough, you know? And that episode really got me thinking about it because I got to play football for free. No fees, nothing like that. Gave me all of my pads. Excuse me. They gave me all of my pads, my helmet, um, bus rides to and from the school so we went from the school to our whatever stadium or field we were playing in and that was never a worry you know it it was on a pretty good schedule and then obviously we had i mean well okay i don't know if i mentioned it in this mini series i think i might have but the weight room at my middle school was the biggest in the district which was a little crazy it was just a bigger room to be honest so that was a good thing so i got to go through really good off-season programs I got, you know, my stuff paid for, for you know, sports or for summer camps and whatnot as well. And it was weird kind of listening to other people and just not really seeing that, you know, um, there's a lot of pay to play type of things. And if there's anything I kind of got from this mini series, it's just just how much how much more I dislike, you know, sports that require, you know, especially public schools, I would say that require kids to, to pay a fee or pay something like that. And I get that it goes to, you know, whatever else they need, like uniforms, traveling fees and whatnot, but it's, it bothers me a little bit. I, I don't know about you, but it most definitely bothers me because it basically closes off maybe not all, but a lot of low income type of students. And there is a solid amount. There always is to be honest. So, yeah. Being a sports administration major, I've learned about how, you know, how underfunded uh, public sport is for for the youth levels. And I think that uh, a lot of this content either, you know, reaffirmed whether that was the privilege episode specifically or whether that was the discrimination episode. Because, you know, if you look at, as we've talked about on the show before, systemic racism, that also bleeds over into sport and access to sport in certain communities you know like if you look at i I don't know of a single lacrosse team up here in greeley do you um i gotta think about it actually i gotta think about it because lacrosse teams in general are kind of aren't in between i know there are district lacrosse teams so here in colorado springs um this, this is just a resource for anybody out there listening to this but I know if you're in the District 11 school district, Palmer High School has a lacrosse team that kind of like all the lacrosse players go to and play for, you know. And then here in 
D49 where I work at currently. I want to say either Vista Ridge or Sand Creek have a lacrosse team for all the schools in our district. But that's just high school. That doesn't include middle school, lower levels. So general yeah. lacrosse is most definitely one of those sports that isn't as represented, at least here in Colorado. And I don't. And in well, Texas, I think it was a little bit more represented, but it, it might have been under a similar you know, structure for sure. Well, the point that I was trying to make is in the Denver metro area, Arapaho has like four lacrosse teams because of how big it really? is. Really? Valor has like three or four lacrosse teams. Regis has three or four lacrosse teams. And Cherry Creek has three or four. You know, so if you look at the areas, you know, you can kind of see a difference in even that kind of lack of opportunity for certain groups of people versus other groups, right? And wow. I think that sports in general and as well as like community centers and recreation centers, I believe that they deserve more funding. And I think that that's something that I would like to see gain more funding through cuts to certain other organizations funded by no, the state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll oh, just yeah. leave it at that, but. Yeah, no, and absolutely. I think, I think it could be made. And, you know, as a physical educator, first and foremost, like it's my job to push these kids to, be physically active outside of class and, and this is just my a little bit of a peek into my teaching philosophy but i'm most definitely a relationships person first and foremost if you're in my class you're going to be a good person because i don't want you going out and acting a fool not knowing how to face adversity you know and do all that stuff because that means i failed you as a teacher so learning how to play sports and whatnot of course that, that that's important right but if you really want to learn those kind of skills in my opinion like join a sport you know and i'll coach you up or someone i trust will coach you up that's that's my philosophy so when i have kids or uh sorry when i have students and then i guess you know kids too but you know just in general i want i want them to try out a sport i want them to you know expand their horizons do stuff outside of pe so they could be healthy and physically active but that's the catch though because in some areas I'm, i mean i'm not going to say necessarily my area but there are situations where that's just not possible and it's kind of heartbreaking because it's like oh they know about these opportunities but they can't afford it I'm like i mean if i could i'd pay for every kid's you know uh, experience a positive experience that is in youth sports because there's so much you can learn from we've had i mean we even had multiple you know like uh guests on this mini series that said yeah you know i didn't i might not have played high school or college but I still had a lot of fun at the youth sports level to a degree. Obviously, there are plenty of things to work on, but it's the experience that counts. And for a lot of kids, they don't even get to experience that. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Well, I was just going to say, and you could see like another difference in opportunity. I mean, the IMG Academy and AAU episode is another look. It's not called like the privilege episode, but those kids have be. privileges that other kids don't too you know because especially if you're a travel you know like traveling costs money and jasmine even talked about that and so did addison when talking about you know hockey teams having to go to out-of-state tournaments and stuff like that so we kind of had i mean all of it was definitely a look at like privilege in like certain ways you know but mm -hmm. um th those are good looks at like financial and social privileges of oh yeah 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 no doubt and i mean you so 
oh my gosh was it the discrimination episode with yeah so i even remember in the discrimination episode i want to say that was after jasmine's episode i i interviewed i talked with my boys nick garza and jake schaefer my boy garza yeah my boy garza actually um i'm i'm not giving actually i i don't want to go too deep into it you know because there, there are some personal things there. I'm not going to name drop the score or anything, but it is, it, you know, it's it's in an area that we've all, at least you and Cody, or Cody, sorry, Cody, you and I have both been in and lived in for a couple years. But he definitely went to high school in that area and he experienced racism. And, you know, he wasn't, how should I say this? He didn't have the privileges that other people did. You know, I think, I'm pretty sure he mentioned that his family couldn't afford to put him on a good AAU team to give him some opportunities to go to camps and whatnot. And, and, th- and we kind of discussed it there, you know, like, like it used to be my mindset, like back when I was way younger, it used to be my mindset that if you were talented, if you were the real deal, you would be successful wherever you go. Uh, that's, that's a little ignorant. I'm going to be honest. It is a little bit ignorant because yes, you can, like, if you're talented, you're talented, right? But there's a difference, and I said this in the in that episode. Go check it out if you haven't yet. But I said that there's a difference between raw talent and refined talent. You know what I mean? Because refined talent are, is going to get looks. Raw talent, you know, people are going to nitpick it. Like, think um, on the on last week's episode of the Cycle Three Six Five. You know, you, Liam, and I, we all. We didn't nit- well. We kind of nitpicked, but we we analyzed uh, Bijan Robinson, the number one running back in the country. There are plenty of things to nitpick for sure, but and he was a five star guy. So just imagine, you know, somebody in a tougher neighborhood at a tougher school that may not have the best coaches or you know resources, having a talented kid, but him just not being able to you know like like get refined. You know what I mean, and get noticed, and that that's a knock against a lot of kids, especially if their grades aren't right. So. No, that's a big deal. But yeah, there's definitely privilege there for sure. And I mean, honestly, there I think there always will be. I mean, do you agree? I mean, for the foreseeable future. I'm sorry. For yeah, the yeah. Future, for the foreseeable future, definitely. I mean, okay. I I try and be optimistic. You know. Um, oh. <laughs> what'd you say? <laughs> I just said, well, I mean, yeah, we all yeah. Do. I- there's you have to be realistic uh to a degree too you know so uh i'm definitely gonna have to echo that sentiment and just yeah um yeah damn bro i'm gonna be sad after this episode (laughs) yeah but but see that's reality though because you can't can't fix problems you can't make a difference if you don't know what your reality is or if you don't know what other people's reality is you know what i'm saying yeah those are the hard questions and and i always tell my students and athletes this you know the toughest decisions in life could honestly be the most beneficial ones they could be the ones that make you feel good about yourself make you feel actual value about yourself for a really long time but in the moment it'll be tough you know because you gotta you gotta face that reality one way or another you can't face it with um you, you know, with a little bit of a shield over you. Because I know some people are like, oh, I'm not trying to hear that negativity. You know, and I think that that might be one knock against the miniseries. Because it does get real, like, 
there there are some tough stories you know if i'm just being honest there are some tough stories especially in that discrimination episode like i remember garza was talking about his story and jake he shared a couple of stories as well but me i was just sitting there like dang dude like i can't even imagine well i could kind of imagine but yeah it's rough you know like that's that's terrible that sucks that it had to be that way you know what i mean and these are some really close friends of mine so i really empathized with them like that you know because i i mean ain't nobody want to see that that's what happens and honestly for a lot of people it happens and then nobody talks about it you know it happens and they kind of just bury it and be like well you know it, it was high school blah 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 but that's unacceptable like those the things that happened in some of those stories are absolutely unacceptable and you know, honestly those things are never going to change unless they're brought to the light which is another reason why i'm glad to have these extra perspectives and guests yeah i definitely agree and i i just i tried to make it clear during my interviews and you know you made it clear during your interviews how grateful we were for people sharing their stories because it's not easy to relive some of the things that they were sharing with us you know oh no not at all and yeah it's it's tough for sure you know um no one's and you know no one's youth sports experience or just i guess sports experience in general is gonna be perfect you know what i mean i think we both know that there's always gonna be a couple bumps there's always gonna be you know haters or stuff from the outside like i know for sure um alicia is throwing it back to her episode about cheerleading and whatnot like her experience was pretty positive for the most part you know what i'm saying at least from her it sounded like like it like she was super thankful to get the opportunity she did and whatnot and to go as far as she could with cheerleading at least in her opinion you know what i mean um but there are most definitely challenges like her cheer squad not being able to actually compete against other cheer squads in high school um i mean and we didn't really touch on this i kind of try i'm not gonna lie i'm i kind of tried to goad her into you know saying some controversial <laughs> type of stuff when it came to cheerleading versus other sports but she's way smarter than me in that but anyways the thing about cheerleading one of the biggest things is about cheerleading is that a lot of people just disregard it especially and you know who they are like especially the toxic masculinity types right like the guys who are like cheerleading is not a sport basketball is tougher than cheerleading golf is tougher than cheerleading type of you know the cappers you know what i mean yeah yeah and i'm not gonna doubt it she most definitely like faced those type of people that just disregarded her um not not just her but her and her squads obviously and like faced ridicule and maybe didn't face an, as much support as they could have and i'm not going to talk for her or speak for her about it you know but it's definitely things that i've seen um i mean not just not just around other people but most definitely around maybe some of the squads that she was on as well you know because we did go to the same school for like seven years dang that's a long time <laughs> but yeah and but those are the realities like not every sport is seen as as equal obviously people are going to have their favorites but it's different when you get to the point where you start disrespecting uh, uh, uh other sports you know what i mean yeah and i'd say that you know i i'll admit i'll admit myself that i'm a bit guilty of that you know if you listen to the esports episode i i definitely come off as pretty ignorant when it comes to competition and sport 
but I feel like this miniseries helped open my eyes. And one of my favorite interviews was mine with Anthony, you know, cause, Ooh. cause he does carding and just hearing how much carding meant to him was really big for me and opened my eyes like, Oh, there's a lot of work that's put into this. And like, you know, once again, Anthony did a great job of discussing privilege as far as like how expensive of a sport carding is. Cause it's like owning a vehicle, but like, you know, there's yeah. a lot of time that goes into that and you know, there there's physical aspects of it too. And it's, it's enduring. And he talks about, you know, the long days that are the competition and like the team side of it. So, you know, oh. that was, that was eye opening, and I was glad to get some of those perspectives too. Um, Simon, I didn't get a chance to flip the question back to you, but what were your so some of your favorite parts or eye-opening moments of this miniseries? I'd say it's a lot of the same stuff that you saw. I I'll start at the beginning. I think the Kenny Long interview was really interesting for a lot of reasons, and we okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to admit my failure here, but I think I, don't know, I was like an hour into the into the Kenny Long interview. And I cut it off because I didn't want to waste this dude's time and whatnot. And obviously, this was during the whole COVID. Well, we're still in the whole COVID thing, but more towards like, you know, in uh, how, how should I say this? Just being in the thick of it, right? Uh, we we could have probably recorded for a little bit longer. I just didn't want to waste the dude's time and whatnot. I wasn't exactly sure about that. Like, uh, th that's on me. I I should have clarified beforehand. You know, uh, it was still good. We did end up talking for a whole hour after the actual interview and so and it was a lot of good stuff that addison and justin both primarily asked some really good questions about you know some of the uh so, some of the other characters in friday night tykes like justice hurt you know who infamously had a um in my opinion oh do i want to go there i'll keep it i'll keep it light in my opinion they weren't the most likable people for me personally, I mean, unless they prove me otherwise, you're the hurt family is always welcome onto the show. But for me personally, they kind of came off as a little privileged, a little, a little micromanagey, I guess, in a lot of ways. And I just wasn't a fan of that. And then Justice himself, like he seems like a good kid, but, you know, he he was most definitely known as one of the cockiest players in Taifa, even though, yeah. But there were a lot of good conversations with that. And Kenny was such a nice guy. I couldn't. This dude was the nicest dude that I've ever met. One of the nicest that I've ever met. I mean, he was just a great guy. And we talked about that. And it was really interesting just seeing like how impactful, you know, leagues like Typho, those ultra competitive youth sports leagues are um, on, on athletes and sports in general, because what we did bring up was the Rio Grande Valley, which is westernmost part of the United States, pretty much. And, I, I didn't, you know, bring this up yet, but <laughs> but but I'm go I'm going to expose some people in Texas real quick right here because I have wanted to and I didn't get to do it. But a lot of people doubted the RGV's uh football team, the Rio Grande's football teams, sorry, so not just the team, but a bunch of those teams on that side of Texas just because majority of those people are Immigrants are Mexicans, people of color, Hispanic, Latinos, Latinas, like all that stuff, you know, Latinx as well. And, and there's a reason behind that. So they, a lot of, I, I won't say, you know, most of Texans, but there are a significant amount of Texans, especially the older ones 
who don't think that those kind of people can be successful football players. And it's a very racist type of thinking. It's a very stereotypical type of thinking. Like, I'd be lying if I didn't hear some people say, in reference to El Paso, the Rio Grande Valley, um, saying stuff like, oh, those people don't play football. They box and play soccer and baseball and some real ignorant stuff. You know, some real ignorant stuff. So that, in my opinion, that's one of the biggest reasons why people had a lot of disrespect for the RGV. Also, they weren't super good, you know, so I understand that they weren't super good, but it wasn't like a ton of coaches were moving out to the RGV to cultivate the next great, you know, football powerhouse of Texas. And there's, um, there's some reasons behind that. And that's, that's just Texas football culture. I'll leave it right there, you know, but that, that was a big reason. But when Typha came in, you know, and they really invested into those RGV teams and a lot of great players were developed in Typha, that significantly raised the level of play in that area. And that was really cool to see for me, for a place so disrespected, but, you know, still had a ton of hard workers and great people kind of rise up and be recognized for once because you know, they have good football programs. You know, Jeremy Duran, like he's, he's the quarterback at Mission High School in Texas. And, you know, in in the interview, we talked about him a little bit, but he started since his freshman year, since his freshman year as a varsity player. Him, well, not just him alone, obviously, but he did help lead that Mission High School team to their very first playoff spot ever. You know, and it, they are expected to be a contender either this year or next year, depending on how the football season goes. You know, and he's only going to be a junior, I believe. So it's guys like him that are rising up and, you know, giving the RGV a really good name, you know, changing the culture, saying like, hey, you know, this isn't a weak spot for Texas. This is still Texas football. Don't get it twisted. No matter what you want to think, you know, about the people that live here, this is still Texas. This is still Texas football and it's quality football. So it's only a matter of time, but I'm sure in the next couple of years, there will be a significant spike and players from that area and it'll be really interesting to see and so that was most definitely one of my favorite parts if not maybe my favorite part about this whole you know mini series just learning about the rgv rgv and you know seeing that rise in these last eight years and being able to experience it firsthand by following texas football by watching friday night tags obviously and then talking to kenny so yeah nice nice um I'm going to kind of shift gears here and just um, try and touch on a little bit some of the episodes that we didn't talk about. And one of those was the burnout one, which I think is really informational. And Simon is actually the one telling his story on that one more than anything else and sharing his experience on what burnout looks like. And I think that that's a really good episode to listen to, especially, you know, if we have any coaches or teachers listening out there i think it's a good idea to know what burnout looks like and sounds like and you know i kind of talk about my experience in like classes learning about burnout and all the factors that go into it as well as you know being a being a parent and knowing what burnout is so you know you don't ruin a sport for your kid oh yeah no doubt and i mean this was kind of one of the underlying themes throughout all of uh, this youth sports miniseries. But, you know, adults most definitely could ruin um, an experience 
for a kid. I think that's pretty well known. Like we really didn't have to say it a ton on this mini series because that's something that for a lot of people who have been in youth sports, that's a pretty well known thing. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no, I would, I would definitely agree. And you know, I I'd say, uh, adults are part of the reason why I didn't enjoy my high school experience in football as much as my middle school experience in football. Oh, Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, it's important just to be aware and I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm not an expert. I haven't been coaching forever or, you know, all that stuff, but burnout is a tricky thing to handle as a coach and as a player. No, because as a coach, I will, I would like to, you know, tell my players like, Hey, do what you love and whatnot. You know, there are most definitely times where some athletes don't exactly know what they love until it's gone. You know what I'm saying? I was most definitely one of those athletes. Um, I know plenty of other people who are most definitely one of those athletes. So it's a tricky thing. And then, you know, kind of getting back into that swing of things after taking that break, it's, it's hard, you know, like it's not an easy thing to do. Like a break year between, you know, sports seasons is always tough, especially the older you get. Wouldn't you agree? Cause I feel like, I feel like as a young kid, you could kind of just switch in and out of sports seamlessly and take breaks. But as you get older, it's a little bit harder to do, you know? Well, uh, um, I mean, I was able to switch sports, but it wasn't like in and out. I wouldn't say like I I had to choose one sport at a time. So for me, like when I was younger, like because my my family didn't become I want to say like wealth wealthy enough for us to be doing like multiple sports basically until i wasn't playing high school sports anymore you know okay I got so you. so like yeah. but but i understand what you're saying and that's kind of like plasticity a little bit is what you could talk about and like muscle memory as well yeah. it's easier to program things as a little kid than it is as you know uh, a young teenager or even a young adult so oh, yeah. there there's verifiable evidence to that for sure and like i said it's a it's a tricky thing to 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 figure out burnout you know i mean honestly i think like looking back at that episode like we talked about a couple of solutions but ultimately you know you just gotta know your players and like know them outside of uh outside of the sport you know what i'm saying like every time a coach or a parent or whatever interacts with their player doesn't have to be sport related or even school related for that matter you know what i mean like i th- i really value like seeing kids outside of that you know getting to know who they truly are you know outside of those environments because sometimes there, there are plenty of things that they can most definitely suppress or just not do when they're around you in a certain environment you know what i mean yeah yeah so yeah no for sure that's that, that was a great episode for sure. Um, are there other episodes we're missing? I mean, we could talk I mean, Maddie and um, well, it's just Maddie, right? Well, Maddie, Anthony, and Cody, you know, they, well, yeah, they obviously. were all part of the LGBTQ plus episodes. And you and I right. got to talk off the air just a little bit about it, but I'll let you go ahead and talk about your takeaways first, listening to them. Cause you know, um, I've, I've known these people for, I mean, I've known Maddie and Anthony for about two years now and Cody for about three. So I like, I kind of knew them before, but what was it like for you having only, have you met any of them? No, 
No, you haven't met a single. <laughs> so how was it for no. you? Uh, basically, listening to strangers uh, talk and stuff. <laughs> I loved it. You know, I thought I thought all of them had something really good to each of them. Maddie's was hilarious. You know, Anthony's Anthony was a go karter. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, he seemed like a really sweet, nice guy. You know, I loved hearing about his experiences with go karting because, I mean, personally, I'm kind of getting into formula one a little bit more like i'm as in i'm like watching the netflix documentary season and it's really good and it's an interesting thing because uh, you know obviously in the documentary on netflix when they follow formula one i think they talk a little bit about like the younger levels and whatnot but european culture or just in general non-american culture is way different and you know the culture here in america for a lot of reasons i think you could uh pick up what i'm trying to say there so yeah <laughs> yeah so there's that for sure and then cody's was really cool he was really funny i felt you know he he had a, a lot of really good insight as a fan and as an um as a former athlete as well you know so it was all like i mean okay i don't want to say super eye-opening because I've, I've had you know um gay friends and whatnot as well or members of the lgbtq plus community like i mean i'm not gonna you know drop his name because i didn't get his permission but in middle school i played with a teammate who was who was bi you know what i'm saying and uh it was that in itself was an experience too uh, for me because honestly i don't care you know or i didn't care and i still don't care you know as an athlete as a coach because you know the dude could play and he was a real hard-working guy he was a real nice dude and all that um but there are most definitely things said in the locker room said about him that i didn't like at all you know and i was i wouldn't say i was as vocal as i could have been because you know i'm a middle schooler and i didn't really have you know obviously the knowledge i have now as a 21 year old you know what i'm saying i was a kid kind of going through my own stuff as well but you know, I, I did what i could it was still rough so i kind of understood what they might be going through but also at the same time it was interesting listening to their experiences because all of them grew up in Colorado, right? Yes. Yeah. So it was, it was most definitely interesting. And I was happy hearing about their positive experiences because just thinking about my buddy on my football team, all those years ago in Texas, a notoriously red state, he had it rough, you know, I'm not even going to lie. Like, and I, I, he had my respect for it too, because he endured it and he overcame it. You know, and he'll always have my respect for that because it was not like a lot of family members supported him or even teammates and whatnot. And that's the sad part because my old middle school team, we really, you know, our culture was really centered around like family, like the hood and all that. Like we're doing it for family. And there were most definitely times he just didn't, like there were guys that didn't make him feel that way. You know, so it was really happy for me positive for me to be hearing some of these good experiences from maddie from anthony from cody and you know i don't doubt they've went through struggles of their own but it was it was a good thing for me to hear that you know because i've really never as sad as it is like i haven't seen many um athletes part of the lgbtq plus community at least that i've interacted with have a or even a positive sports experience in any way you know what i mean yeah for sure they they definitely talked um, pretty highly about their sporting experience, you know. And I think that's something that was kind of eye-opening from the interviews was there's a lot of, like, 
a lot of remarks are like sexist, you know, <laughs> that that they noticed that, um, you know, maybe I wasn't as um, queued up on during my experience in sports. But, you know, kind of hearing them all talk about like the same level of insults being hurled at them from various areas, including like coaches was, you know, obviously like that needs to change. And that's, that's why I enjoy doing it so much. And like, I mean, obviously it was great to just talk to my friends, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, always. And, and that was a lot of fun, but I also got to know them better because, you know, it's kind of, there's something about that kind of formal, like setting of being on a podcast that like, opens the door a little bit for questions that you wouldn't just like, I wouldn't just go over to their house and be like, so yeah, what about this? And then they're like, well, why, why are you asking? You know? So yeah, I thought yeah. it was, I thought it was a great experience for me. And, you know, I loved hearing about their perspectives and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I, I think that the best part, if you haven't listened to the, I think it was episodes seven and nine, right? Seven and nine. In eight right. and nine, was it eight and nine? I thought the eight. Oh, yeah, it was eight and nine. My bad. Um, okay, but anyways, if you haven't listened to episodes eight and nine, definitely listen to the ending where they talk about the change that they want to see in sport communities, whether it's at the professional, collegiate, high school, or youth level. You know, I think that they have some great recommendations on you know what a people like everyday people like myself can do and also great recommendations for what organizations can do. I mean, Cody and Maddie both hit on it pretty well that pride nights, whether it was for Maddie noticed it for the nuggets and Cody went to an abs one, those were huge for them and they felt welcome. And I think that everyone should listen to that and try and create a more welcoming atmosphere and change sports culture as we know it to be more accommodating to LGBTQ plus members. X. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, yeah, no. I, and I just wanted to throw in there, like, even though they did have some positive experiences, they did bring up some really good points about that, how um, the culture and sports in general just needs to change. You know, and <laughs> we didn't really talk about this a whole ton, but football culture is one of the most toxic the most toxic cultures out there that might actually be an episode we'll do for another day um like we said on last week's podcast episode of the cycle 365 we are rebranding to focus more on youth sports and and you know college sports stuff like that because we want to focus on the next generation so a football culture podcast would be interesting because they're not good when it comes to um <laughs> when it, how should i say this without you know when it comes to respecting human rights i was about to say when it comes to diversity but yeah that too so <laughs> yeah, i mean it just just tell it like it is you know yeah no exactly so yeah they're not good when it comes to diversity of any type and this is a culture that's rooted in pretty pretty deep you know over 100 years for sure and i think hockey's the same way as well uh, i mean you know every sport has you know their locker room culture or whatever that's not most po that hasn't been the most positive culture that it honestly could have been that it should be you know so that's a conversation for another time though but yeah because i know you know like marketing stuff and whatnot like 
it could be debatable how effective it is but it's at the end of the day it makes people of the lgbtq plus community feel accepted and that's a solid step forward but there are plenty more steps to take you know as, as a pe teacher as a coach as a parent whoever you know what i mean because it goes deeper than that it goes deeper than just you know saying hey it's pride month here's a flag like no like you gotta you gotta push for action you know what i'm saying like my okay well i'm saying it from my point of view because i'm a pe teacher and coach but you gotta push for action on the court in the locker room that type of stuff you know what i mean absolutely and i think that that's a good summary for for this entire mini series is eye-opening and the beginning of something hopefully you know what i'm saying where that every episode brought up something that needs to be addressed in youth sport and in sport in general i'd say because youth sport reflects professional sport in a lot of ways and i think that you know there's there's still plenty to do and that's part of the reason why i like our new platform and the direction that we're trending is because i think that we can do better you know i think we can do better socially in the realm of sport with the direction that we're going and i wouldn't be surprised if we end up with some of these same people you know joining us on our shows in the future honestly yeah it'd be an honor as usual it'd be an honor for sure for that to happen um i'm excited for that but yeah um honestly the last thing i gotta say really for all my coaches out there for all parents and whoever for everyone out there is that athletes are almost always gonna take up they're they're a reflection of the coaching staff of the parents and of the culture that is set up by adults you know what i'm saying kids ultimately play the game adults are the one that create the experiences for them and set them up either for better or for worse so i think that's something to keep in mind and coaching when saying anything honestly when it went around a youth sports environment and whatnot and yeah you know that's that's all i gotta say i'll leave it there we could have deeper conversations about this in future episodes i'm sure we will um there's a lot more to go into youth sports than just the couple topics we did but really happy that i got the opportunity to start this thing i'm super thankful to every single guest that's been on they're the goats you know go follow them on twitter instagram whatever or or not i, I mean you don't have to <laughs> if they don't want to but you know they're great people and looking forward to having deeper conversations with them too these are the conversation conversations that i love so yeah yep 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 right. um I don't have anything else to say uh, other than Simon. Thanks for bringing me on to the mini series and then let me have some episodes on your, your brainchild and for influencing the future of our podcast and organization. Oh, you helped me out with it. So no worries. <laughs> it's all good, man. All right. Well, coming up next, I'm going to just coming up next. We're going to have Justin and Addison on this mini series and you know, their experiences with it. All right, what's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Cycle 365 Hour Youth Sports Mini Series. This is our last episode, as said in the first segment with Cody Stoffer. But with me, I got Dustin Zyke, another special guest that we've had on this mini series. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you doing, Simon? Pretty good. You know, it's crazy that we started this thing like what two, three months ago. 
Now it's Jeez, I know. Dude, time is flying by. I told my mom, uh, for the viewers out there, I'm getting ready to go back to school in a few days. And I told my parents, it was like, these five months being home from like COVID and all the quarantine, like stay at home order stuff and everything has actually gone by faster than like a normal three month break where we can do like whatever, like there's no Corona. It's so weird. It throws me off. Like it blows my mind that in three days I'm leaving to go back to school. It's just mind blown. (laughs) No. Yeah. And I totally agree to be honest, because I mean, obviously, most of us have been home unless, you know, you have a, a job and I'll be starting school next week. Not obviously not at college because I graduated, but, you know, at the school I'll be teaching at. So it is kind of crazy to think that basically in the fall, well, we're not in the fall <laughs> season yet, but we will be soon. So it is what it is. But I had a lot of fun this summer mini series doing it with you, Addison, everyone else um but yeah so all i really want to ask you and we'll get to what addison has to say unfortunately he couldn't make it on with us but he gave me some of his talking points to go over so i'll make sure to include that as well but what were some of the highlights of this miniseries for you i know you weren't able to you know listen to everything so that's fine so you could honestly react to like you know what you know what you've heard of and like obviously the uh typha typha kenny long episode that we did as well so I definitely I'm gonna just address the elephant. Like I definitely think the Kenny Long one would probably be the biggest one. You know, that's so crazy to me. It's like you watch a TV show, you hear him announcing and everything. And the fact that I actually got to hear him not just over like, you know, Typhoon Radio. I'm Kenny yeah. Long, but I actually got to hear him talk like you interact with him and then I got to myself. Uh I don't think it made it in the podcast. But uh, I actually got to ask him some question myself and get to pick his brain a little bit. So it was it was pretty cool. That was kind of crazy. It's not my it's I guess my little reality of feeling like Hollywood a little bit is getting to talk to a celebrity, if you will. But I guess what I liked about it, what I what kind of stood out to me about this whole miniseries is that we didn't you didn't focus on just one sport or one perspective of things. Uh, I know you had one episode with Addison's friend who plays uh, women's hockey. So that's awesome. You get to see, not necessarily in every sport, but you get to see a woman's perspective in at least one sport and just how they feel uh, with how they, the lens of a woman through sports. And then attacking some other different, you know, topics in in the sports world. I, I believe you covered one with Mahomes' new contract, that half a billion dollar deal. That's, uh, it's just bananas. So I just like how it was very diversified and it seemed to attack like all matters in sports. So really anyone who had a specific, like anyone who has, you know, different tastes in the sports world, I felt there was an episode, at least one episode for them to listen to and enjoy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. And that's what Cody said as well. You know, yeah, we had Anthony, you know, who represented the LGBTQ plus community, but he was a go-karter and I, I don't know if it was maybe we didn't record this we should have but i think in the first episode addison talked about f1 racing have we talked about i think justin i think you and i have talked about f1 racing before and go-karting's kind of like in there isn't it is it not yeah so i think how go-karting is it's like the build-up um to get into f1 i think you see a lot of these a lot of the drivers not just in f1 but in f2 
that's where they all start is these souped up little golf carts um and they just they just build up from there you know that's that's where they all get their start um at at least i've understood it by by no means am i an expert in the sport and know what goes on (laughs) Uh, but what i've seen on the surface it looks like that's where you know that's where they all start it's just getting on the track young and then they go from there and it's not i wouldn't even say it's it's definitely no formula one car but these are no schlub go-karts either like they got some little get up and go to them yeah no doubt and yeah and that that's i think anthony you know he he discussed a little bit of how that sport worked and you know the strategy and the teamwork that goes into that one so it was really interesting listening about that because i'm not an expert either like i get pretty much all of my information about it from um that netflix documentary like i said in the last segment so there you go so yeah no for sure the perspectives is really cool cody mentioned the kenny long episode he actually agreed with you justin he said a lot of those same things about how you know it was cool having a guy like kenny long on the episode someone that you've seen on netflix like maybe not a billion times but like a, a ton you know if you watch friday night lights and if you haven't seen him then you've heard his voice at the very least and so it was most i'll i'll come back to that you know it was most definitely uh, one of the biggest highlights of this mini series honestly of the whole podcast the cycle 365 because i really do believe I mean, no offense to the other <laughs> guests because they're all great but kenny long was most definitely our most famous our most famous guest uh, uh up to date and it was kind of a big deal and i'll admit it i was kind of nervous because he came he came out with that tagline you remember that like he was like hey it's getting long from time for radio and i <laughs> i don't know why yeah. but my nerves just spiked and i was like oh my gosh it's kenny long from time for radio you know i definitely yeah. understand um and i don't think you're you're pooing on any any of the other guests but it is something to have someone of some notoriety on your podcast that sh- that's you know that's a good I think that's a nice mile marker uh, and a nice little notch on the belt for the podcast is that, you know, hopefully, um, you know, it continues to build. It's the fact that, you know, you get that person notoriety and it's like, awesome, you know, that's a good first step or that's a good, you know, like little pillar to put, put in the temple. Uh, I think it's really good. I think it was really exciting. Um, Something that really stuck out to me about Kenny too was Kenny was such a nice guy like he was so happy to do it um i even remember him saying that you know he's done some small podcasts and he's done some big podcasts so it's nice that he doesn't you know it was so nice that he was so willing to do it he was happy to answer all the questions super nice guy um and you know he was just super great about the whole thing which i think made the experience um so much better um not that like I know the saying that, you know, never meet your heroes, but, you know, I didn't feel like, you know, you set this expectation or like set Kenny Long on a pedestal of how he's going to be like, and he turned out to be the complete opposite. He was such a nice guy. He was so, you know, so kind, you know, nice, easy guy to talk to. Like I didn't, I I felt like, you know, I was happy with what I saw, if that makes sense. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, that's not at all what I expected. He was just so nice, and he's pretty down to earth, so he was was a really cool guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I I 100% agree. In the last segment with Cody, I mentioned that as well, and I also mentioned how... (laughs) 
<laughs> and this is this is just us like kind of being new to the game and not maybe planning out as best as we could but i mentioned how that, uh, we had the first hour right and it well okay we as in me and kenny but after that i kind of cut it off a little early because i wasn't sure how kenny's schedule was looking like and, and that was something we should have communicated a little bit before but he most definitely stayed and had so he answered you and Addison's questions, if I remember correctly, and with, yeah. with really good answers. And they were long, and we had really good conversations. And, and I mean, I said it in the last segment, but I most definitely should have just kept it going and just, <laughs> you know, and just just go for it. But you know, that's why we're here. We're gonna learn and figure all this stuff out for sure. But yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Like Kenny, he gave so many good answers, so much good mm -hmm. insight. Um, like, and I know we recorded a little like reaction to some of the stuff he said, and then talked about some of the stuff he said off air. But you know, it, uh, it you know, it doesn't really do it that much justice. But it was still really good, just being able to see his perspective on everything. Because yeah, he, go on. Oh, and on that note of uh, perspective, is it was nice to get a third party perspective, and not that he yes. threw one person under the bus or thought he was a know-it-all. But like, he's he's been in every part of it. He's been a coach. He's been a parent because his kids oh. have played through it. And now that all of his kids are past it, he I can't remember, but I thought he said he was on the board or something. He was in, was he is he is yeah he's on the board for like Taifa or something like that. Um, I can't remember the exact title. And then he's the announcer. So what's nice about it is, is he's gotten all of those different perspectives in it. And I think that's part of the, and the fact that he's been with it for so long, like he's been there, what, since 98 or 99? Yes. He's basically been there since the beginning. So he's seen all the development in it. Um, and what's so cool about it is the fact that he gives honest, respectful, third-party answers. You know, he did mention, you know, some of these kids, they got a little starstruck. Like, you know, like, I, I don't think you would deny that the Houston Outlaws was definitely, uh, San Antonio Outlaws, or not the Houston Outlaws. I'm sorry. The San Antonio Outlaws were definitely one of the teams that got some of the most, um, screen time and, yes, and rightfully sure. so, rightfully so. And he did mention how some of those kids got a little starstruck and everything. And then when they got to high school, they did get a little knock back to reality and realized, Hey, you know the cameras aren't rolling anymore. You know, these kids could still ball and, you know, take it, you know, realize, kind of realign them. Um, and so it was nice that he gave these honest answers. And again, he was still polite. He was still, he was still kind about this, but you know, it was nice to kind of get the intro and see of what happened to these kids after the cameras stopped filming them and how they were. Um, and, and he could give the perspectives on, on on how some of these parents are and how some of these coaches are and some of the things he agreed with and some of the things he disagreed with um and, and even one of my questions uh you know i asked him was about you know how parents and coaches act in in taifa and you know i agreed with just about everything he said you know i think he was really spot on with everything and it's nice that he can give an honest third party opinion and a view on something and taking both sides into account i think he just did he did an awesome job with that and i think he really knows and he's really he's like really understanding and forgiving in the whole process of taifa and you know just how competitive youth sports can be and i think he gives a really really interesting uh perspective and and way of thinking on 
on not just how the how the games played at the youth level, but the kids, the parents, and the coaches. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's a really good point because you're right. He's been he's been around all of it, you know, because he's been in so many roles. So having a guy like Kenny Long on was like having multiple guests on, right? Because mm-hmm. you have you have all these different perspectives, and yeah, and I, I agree. Like he was very respectful, and <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie, like I probably couldn't do what Kenny does and be that respectful because I'm just gonna be honest. Parents are probably the worst part about youth sports, but. The crazy part was, and I mentioned this with Cody, is that, you know, the kids are the ones playing the game, right? But ultimately, it's adults who create that environment for the athletes, Mm -hmm. no matter what. You know, like, you won't, like, I mean, obviously, like, you're not going to find a youth league where a kid is, you know, designing everything and scheduling, you know, venues and championship games. Like, that's just not, (laughs) it's not, it's not a thing, right? Like, and if it was, it'd be a little chaotic. So, obviously, adults would have to do it. And and so, it was really cool seeing, uh, like you said, Kenny talking all the perspectives from a parent from a coach, from well, except from a player, I guess, from yeah. an announcer and whatnot, and it was good, and he was respectful because I'm sure there were people that you know may have talked to him the wrong way, like kind of have the wrong idea because some parents, like let's be real, like it's sports, which is you know naturally competitive, or well, it should be, and then you have parents who are obviously going to care about their own child, right? So yeah. you have a lot of different, and like I'm not defending toxic parents at all. That's not what I'm doing. But you do have a lot of different, um, how should I say this? Like, like factors going yeah. in play when a parent acts out. You know, not all of them are justifiable. But let's not get it twisted. Like, it does make sense why some parents act the way they do, or maybe why it comes off that way. Because, and this is, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but just uh, mention the the Hurt family from Friday Night Lights. Night Lights, <laughs> Friday Night Tykes, Friday Night Tykes, the documentary series. Um, they kind of came off as a little like overprotective, privileged for sure in a way. Well, not and obviously yeah. you know it's a documentary series, so to be honest, they you know the producers can make you look whatever they want you to look like. So there's that as well. Yeah, but uh, listening to what Kenny said, because I do think I remember you asked him something about this because he did mention yeah. he did watch every season. Um. And yes. he said he felt that what well, was it? Uh, was it Esquire? Was that the TV network? Yeah, it's it's Esquire. Yeah, Esquire. I think he said Esquire did a pretty good job of not spinning the view, if that makes sense. We're making it look the way they wanted it to. I, I thought he said, I, I if I recall, he said they did a pretty, they did really good job of reporting it accurately. Um. I- and I can't remember exactly, but I thought he said too is that in season three that it kind of was more focused on the parents than it was the kids. Like the parents were kind of getting in the way of it more than the kids. Not that the kids were getting in the way because obviously they're trying to film the kids. But it was right. it was kind of taken more over by the adults than it was the kids. And like you said, that, that Judson Jr. Rocket game. That big controversial yes. call and everything. And you said that, um, I never watched the episode, uh, but you said that the parents were going into the cameras, talking into the camera and really getting in the camera and, I, and, and going bananas. And I think that, you know, that shows and that really emphasizes your point in the fact that, you know, the parents really do, the parents really do get 
can get in the way. And like even speaking from, you know, even speaking from experience, um, you know, there have been times where I get in the car, I thought I played pretty well, and uh, mom and dad thought differently. And boy, did I hear about it. And not my parents being, at least I didn't feel I was being, my parents were being unfair to me. But like, you know, there were times where it's like I was doing a camp um, to make this team. And first game, I played terrible. I thought I played pretty good. I went upstairs, saw my parents. My parents are like, yeah, we need to have a talk. Um, basically, if you hadn't scored that game, uh, we were driving home because you played terrible. That was a terrible performance on your part. And it's like, whoa, okay. Like, you know, huh? that's not an easy thing to hear. But on the other hand, like I can, I, I can understand it with my parents. It's the fact that they're spending all that time, energy, and money on making sure I can play. And I do remember my dad, you know, growing up as he said, I don't, I honestly don't mind paying for you guys to play hockey and driving you, you guys everywhere you need to be. But all I ask is that you guys give 110% every time you step out on the ice. That's, sure, that's totally that's fair. fair. That's yeah. totally fair. Totally reasonable. But I can definitely understand because I haven't experienced it personally from my parents, but I've, I've seen it and I've heard it where parents are getting into fist fights <laughs> over a youth game. Exactly. And, and I think it's, I think it's sometimes it's the kids will to compete and their competitive nature is outweighed by their parents. And I think a lot of parents vicariously live out their dreams through their child. And I think that's why a lot of these kids get burnt out, not even in just youth sports, but they get burnt out on other things because their parents are pushing them so hard that it's either something they never wanted to do in the first place or they just completely lose the joy over it and they never want to touch it again. They hate it. And I, I've seen where these parents just go freaking nuts. And, and and this is where the corruption comes in with it too is, is the the stuff that parents are willing to do so their their kids can win. It's, it really is mind-blowing. And so like, I think that definitely is reflected in, in Taifa. You know, it's the most competitive, it's argued to be the most competitive youth football program in the country. Honestly, I I would agree with that. And you can definitely see it in their parents that their their eight to ten year old, eleven year old son is playing this game and their parents care just about just as much about that game, if not more, than their son does. And that's just crazy. That they just sure. get so riled up. And I get it's like, you know, it's Texas, it's football, you know, Texans live and die with their football um yeah but still but uh, but you know it, it's you can just see the how these parents act and it, and it is crazy how how over the top parents can be and i definitely think you're right um and you probably make an entire podcast on this uh that parents you know parents do need to necessarily take a back seat um and it, it wasn't uncommon we'd hear in in hockey you know parents Please do not coach your sons. That is what we are here for. Especially like like my parents. My parents <laughs> never played hockey. My dad never my dad does not know how to skate. He could not play hockey to save his life. But my, but you know, my dad never coached me. My my dad never tried to tell me how to play hockey because he doesn't know. But you definitely get some of these parents where, you know, you know, they're going to coach their kid and they're going to tell them exactly what they need to do. And, you know, I think it is detrimental for kids. 
And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of kids, again, a lot of kids get burnt out on their sports or their activities. And I think sometimes you just need to, you need to remember that they are kids, let them play to have fun. And I think when you're starting to let them play and let them have fun, that a natural element of competitiveness will arise from that. That's a really good point. And you're right though. And <clears throat> look, I, I mean, I totally agree as well. Um, but like, you know, at the same time, like, I'm not going cool. like I, none of us are parents. I don't think anybody. Okay. Except for Kenny, obviously, cause he has great. Yeah. But none of us have like, you know, children of our own. I think Correct. all of us have coached at one point, but like, they're not, a, like, they're not our kids. So they're not our blood. So maybe it's different exactly. there, but like, I still feel like there should most definitely be a line that parents don't cross because, um, this is just my straight opinion, but I most definitely believe that parents shouldn't be more uh, how should i say this they shouldn't be as invested as their children are in the game that their children are playing does that make sense like no i get you they need to okay they need to take a step back and i understand it's like you're putting time energy and money into your kid into your sport and i get that and like literally you're invested you are financially invested in that i totally understand that but on the other hand, you do need to realize you're not the coach and it does not even, even the coach, it does not matter what you say or do. It really is out of your control. You can scream at the top of your lungs, like people yelling at the ref. You can scream at the top of your lungs and calling that ref, you know, everything A to Z. But at the end of the day, it's, it's out of your control. That ref is never going to be like, oh. Those 15 parents are right. I was totally out of line. We're going to reverse the call. <laughs> it's never going to happen. And there's going to be good refs. There's going to be bad refs. There's going to be good parents. There's going to be bad parents. You just got to take that and understand like there's nothing you can do. So just take a backseat and, and let it ride. And that's why I think like, even though like you're right, we don't have kids and everything. But I think maybe this is a good teaching moment for us. And so we know what we saw as kids, teenagers, and and young adults, and what we liked and what we didn't like, and incorporate that into our parenting. And try not to repeat the same mistakes as parents that we've either had or known. Try to try to do things differently. And, you know, try to cor- not correct the mistakes of not correct the mistakes, but don't repeat the mistakes that we never liked as a kid or we never liked seeing growing up. And I think maybe you might see a different, you, you'll probably find a different outcome. That's a really good point. You're right. You know, and it is a teaching opportunity for all of us. For not, I mean, not just you and me, obviously, but like for everyone, for all of our guests who's been on the podcast, because we all know at least this generation, I'm pretty sure Gen Z, kinda older Gen I, Z. Yeah, I, uh, I think we are Gen Z. I think we missed the just missed the cutoff by like a year. Yeah. Just snuck we're in the there. elders. We're the elders of Gen. Okay, at least you and me. That's what I'm talking about. You and me are the elders of Gen Z. I would say. Are you calling <laughs> me old, Simon? Well, I most definitely am. So. <laughs> but hey it is what it is you know that's life and i mean it's important that we do learn these lessons but yeah anyways gen z like we most definitely have a different perspective and things are just different than what they are like years ago like you can't you could try like expecting the same things out of 
this next generation as was expected out of you but like obviously everyone grows up different especially with technology because i think tech he talked about this a little bit too but tech most definitely like affects i guess how kids see themselves because it's i think most definitely we didn't really mention this a ton except for maybe that friday night tykes episode i'm not super sure but i feel like with technology it's really easy now more than ever to as an athlete i mean and i guess as a coach or a parent but i think it's really easy now more than ever to compare yourself to somebody else who's just better than you and i mean look there there are positives to that there always is because you know everyone could do better but that's a dangerous line to you know to walk because then you get to the point where it's like well hold up am i like a bad parent or kid or coach or whatever because i can't do this or because they can't do this and so that's a dangerous line to walk but which is why I think some parents might be, a, they come off as a little bit more extreme than usual because maybe it's that pressure of like, oh, well, my kid isn't as good as some kid in Texas or as some kid in Georgia or whatever, you know what I mean? And that's just because of, of technology. And you really didn't talk about it. We might have to talk about it on another uh, podcast episode in depth. But I think the culture, the technology uh, cultivates to a degree around youth sports kind of it hurts it to a degree obviously you know um it'll help kids get noticed especially for college like now more than ever you can find a sleeper anywhere in the country pretty much as long as their name is on huddle or max preps or whatever uh when we go lower to the youth level before middle school level it gets a little bit more complicated and a little bit more negative well how, how do you feel about that would you agree disagree what i just said um no i would definitely agree um and just quick side point i looked it up we're actually gen y so y. gen z is 2000 yeah i don't know i thought we were gen z too uh not that i thought you were wrong i was just genuinely curious um it's interesting i know um, it varies for everyone but okay all right still um, we're in where we were born we're still in that weird like spot yeah like, i'd say from 96 to 99 is like or 2000 yeah, we're not it's like a weird like you're not a millennial but you're kind of not gen z either you're just you yeah, know you're not dumb enough to eat a tide pod yeah i get it that's true <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that but you're right sorry go on though um no i definitely i definitely agree with you on that and i think it's a blessing and a curse i think social media just in general has incorporated an envy in people is people compare themselves too much to what other people have and unfortunately that's how a lot of people booster themselves is they they show off on instagram and snapchat and everything they're posting their new cars their new houses their vacations yes. all that they're not posting it they're not buying this stuff for themselves they're buying it to impress the 99.9 .9 percent of people they don't even know that they don't care about and that's like how they seek validation so i think some of that is just like like coming from the fact that's like people are just trying to use it to show off but on the other hand there is like yeah all it takes is one person to see your your video and then it goes off from there you know viral video starts one person then two then four then eight then 16 oh. you know it, it just keeps doubling and then it's you know and then overnight you know your video has 24 million views it's it, it definitely makes things easier it also makes things harder and i think there is you know there is a natural ability in us to compare ourselves to other people and this is actually a lesson that i had to learn 
just this summer because processing through some of this stuff and unfortunately comparing myself to other athletes, other hockey players, is you got to understand that, think about how many kids play football, right? Yeah. Think about how many of those kids that play football go play football at the Division One level, okay? And then of those kids, think about those kids that get on scholarship. And then of all those kids playing NCAA Division One ball, how many of those kids go to the NFL? Most people would argue that that's not a smart investment, if you will, because the chances I, of you doing it are so low. So yeah. that's it's it's a hard thing to accept, but you got to understand that it's you're not the majority, you're 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 not the minority, you're the majority. Is that it is hard because if everyone could do it, if everyone could make it to the NFL, it'd be easy. Yeah. If it was easy, everyone could make it to the NFL. There we go. And so you got to understand that it's like not, it's okay that if you don't get that, like, I understand that, like, that was my dream is I wanted to go off and play NCAA division one hockey for the university of Minnesota. And then I wanted to go play, uh, in the NHL, uh, for the viewers out there, uh, newsflash that did not happen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and for the longest time for, for years, I had been struggling to process this and deal with this and, and the anger and frustration I had with myself. But actually just recently, I finally kind of came to peace with it and understood that it was okay, that not everyone does it. And that is okay. Um, Maybe you weren't, that's maybe not what you were meant to do in this life and that you were meant to do something else. And that's okay. It's more of that. You just love the game and enjoy doing what you're doing with it and just keep on. So just understand that not every kid does it and that's okay. Find other things you enjoy, you're passionate about, and also pursue those as well. Um, But that's not to say never try um, and give up. If you have a dream, chase it and chase it hard and do everything in your power to to achieve it. But understand that you're you're not the first kid who hasn't made it. You certainly won't be the last. It's okay. Relax, have fun, and enjoy the ride gonna edit this part out but i'm proud of you bro that's awesome man <laughs> i'm proud Thank of you. you for real dog that's awesome i'm glad you i actually that happiness i actually saw a sports psychologist um and talked to him about it and ah. explained to him like what was going on like i'll admit it i didn't come to this conclusion on my own but i knew i knew the problem i knew what the problem was i i knew what the problem was but i didn't know how to fix it and that's the hardest part is like that's a dream that you want that it's not like you can start over and try again it's a dream you have one shot at and if you miss it you miss it and that's a hard thing to to let go but like i know you know this but it's like you know what dude god didn't want me to to be a professional hockey player and that's okay he's got another plan an equally great plan for my life and who knows maybe i I was a good hockey player, but I'll be an amazing statistical analyst who will revolutionize the sports world. And that's what he wanted me to do. That's okay. I'm okay Mm. with that. I've finally reached that peace, dude. Like I'm finally not angry at myself and I'm not, I'm not so angry and frustrated that I hate myself. I'm okay. I'm happy. Finally, like I'd like to think I'm a pretty happy guy to begin with, but I'm not, (laughs) I'm not as angry as I was at myself. And it's okay. And it's like, this guy really helped. I actually have another appointment on Tuesday that I'm going to see, but it's just helping clear my mind. And I've noticed since then, 
my play, dude, I've been so much better. I've been incredible. Like it's been all my overthinking, all my insecurity, self-doubt, it's gone. I'm just playing and I'm playing well. And it's so exciting. It's so fun, dude. Oh, for sure. And that's awesome, man. Also, do you want me to cut that part out? Because I can if you want. No, no. If you want to leave it in, you know, I hope yeah. that helps other people. If you're going through a struggle or whatever, know you're not the first person and you won't be the last. And I'm not saying seek a sports psychologist and all your problems will be over. That just happened <laughs> to be the method that worked for me. But right, don't yeah. beat yourself up over it and don't don't dwell on it. It's okay. There are other things in life and don't don't get angry at yourself. It is okay and you will be okay. Find other outlets. Maybe you weren't meant to be a, f a professional football player, but maybe you're going to be one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. You never know. Don't be so close-minded to things. Be open to these things. Um, mm. And it's, you know, it's awesome. And it's not an easy thing to do. It's it's not at all. But don't beat yourself up over it. And it's it's okay. Just don't don't get in your head and just be confident. Don't be cocky. Be confident in your athletic abilities or whatever your abilities or passions are. And just pursue that and be the best you can. And like my father used to always tell me, come off the ice or whatever you're doing, knowing that you gave it everything you got, that there is nothing you could take back in that. And that's that's what I'm trying to do. Amen to that, brother. That's awesome. <laughs> I love hearing that. And look, that's honestly, that realization is a hard thing to come to, you know, and we're kind of going on a rabbit trail, but that's, that's okay. We could do a deeper podcast episode on this too. But I mean, just to throw in my two cents, like I've most definitely been there and here, here's the sad part. Like this is my way of thinking when it comes to it, but when an athlete truly loves a sport, right? Because I feel like obviously I think you and me both know this and most athletes know this, but you don't get as far as you do like college, high school, whatever, playing a sport without just loving it. Right. Like I, I think we could both exactly. agree on that. No. And, yeah. But there, here's the catch though, because oh, you'll love the sport and it'll do so much for you. It'll open so many doors. It will give you so many life lessons. But the sad part is that this is one of those things in life that will end. And mm -hmm. like competitively, I'll say, you know, to that level where you still feel that same kind of satisfaction, because obviously you could still play, you know, like rec leagues, but that's not the same. Mm -hmm. you know? but, no, I get it. Yeah, but that's and, a hard realization to come to. Go on. And I know it's easier when you're in the NFL, the NHL, the MLB to say, all right, I'm going to retire. Like you get to quit on your terms. It's oh. definitely harder if you're a football player and you want to go to the NFL and you never get a look. You just... Cause there's so many football teams out there and it's hard. Oh yeah. There's definitely guys that get overlooked. It is hard. And oh. it, it's hard to accept that they're like, you know, it's over with, but on the other hand, you got to know your identity. And this is something I struggle with too. Your identity, like who you are, you can be a football player, but like you being a football player does not define you. That is not your identity. It can be a part of you. It is not you. Mm. I just recently finished Tim Tebow's book, Shaken. And he discusses oh, yeah. how two-time national champion and Heisman Trophy winner. And, you know, he was definitely a, a hype pick uh, for the NFL. 
and we would have figured he would have been an all-star in the NFL. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out that way. Played a few, played a few years, played with a different couple of different teams, and got cut. You know, that's a different. That's hard. You know, when you're that, you have that success at college football, and everyone's telling you this and telling you that. And I would not doubt if Tebow didn't believe that, and and uh, and and didn't think didn't think the same. But your identity does not. Whatever it is you're involved in, that doesn't define you. It can be a part of you, but it is not what defines you. And that's a, that's a hard thing to understand. That's a hard thing to to realize. Yeah, no doubt, and that goes for any athlete. Like for Tim Tebow, I'm sure it was tough realizing. I think his last team was the Eagles NFL team. That was realizing yep. Yep. that. Even that, like with the Eagles, I remember he was in the Chip Kelly offense and people were like, oh, well, if he didn't work with the Patriots, which already was kind of a big blow, um, then he'll for sure work out with Chip Kelly, who's like a run first guy. Like he runs kind of a similar thing he did at Florida. And and then he got cut before the regular season even start. Mm-hmm. And this, this, this lesson applies to every single level um, or wait. Yeah, to every athlete on any level, I would say, because like I said, at the end of the day, your your playing career will end. And there are some people that never get over that, if I'm just being honest. Like yep, there are some people right. who hold that and it's like, dang, bro, that's why I hate myself. And like I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna go a little bit into my experience as well, because we did an episode on burnout and I didn't really mention it a ton, but I did play, you know, obviously in Texas. I think everyone knows that. Um, by the way, I said that a million times this miniseries, but it's important. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> I played in Texas and there are most, I'm not going to lie. It really wasn't until I moved to Colorado. I was like, dang, dude, I play against so many dudes went to the NFL. But at the time, while I was in Texas, like the way I saw it was like, dude, like, am I trash? Like, <laughs> there's no reason this short little quarterback in Kyler Murray should be beating me like at all. You know, like, like there's no reason he should be hurdling it, like just doing whatever he mm-hmm. wants, right? There's no reason that, you know, Jamal Adams should be the way he is, you know, because he went to Hebron High School down in Texas as well. There's no reason Eno Benjamin should be juking me out of my, like, socks, like, type of thing. And I'm not going to lie, like, I, with the culture built down in Texas, you know, we had a very rich football tradition. Like, we had a billion guys who went to the NFL. You know, and I've met them. Rex Burkhead, Justin Blaylock, all guys who've started for... I don't know about Rex, but he's getting pretty close. But 10 years or more been in the NFL for 10 years or more. And it's hard as a kid for sure to see some of these guys, right? And be like, and like hear from your coaches. And sometimes they don't mean it because they just want to motivate you. But hear from them saying stuff like, oh, well, you know, young Rex Burkhead was doing this when he was your age. You know, young uh, Justin Blaylock was breaking records when he was your age, you know? And then just thinking about yourself like, well, how come I'm not doing that? Because we're the same age, so how come I'm not doing that? And then getting and into me, the mindset. Here, sorry, real quick. Just getting into the mindset that like you're like you're putting your value in comparison to others, and you're putting mm-hmm. your value in the sport. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And that's a dangerous thing. All right, go. Yep, on. you're totally right. And that's 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 what I was kind of going to build on is because I was in that same space. All the kids I grew <laughs> up playing with are are either playing juniors, uh, playing high levels of juniors with prospects of going division one or they're already playing division one and you look back and it's like was i really this bad 
maybe, may, maybe not. But on the other hand, this is why you can't compare yourself to other people. Because you are Simon Villanos. I am Justin Zyke. I cannot compare my athletic, my athletic ability to yours and vice versa. I can't compare mine to, if you're a hockey fan, Austin Matthews. Well, I'm about the same age as Austin Matthews. Well, why am I not playing in the NHL? It's just different things. You know, you oh. can't compare yourself. Some people get opportunities, are in the right place at the right time, just have a natural ability for it. Or maybe they worked a little harder than you. They tried a little harder than you. They put in the little extra work. You never know. You'll be sitting there all day playing the coulda, shoulda, woulda game. You know, what ifs, racking your brain for hours and hours, and you, and you won't find an answer. So don't compare yourself with other people look at what you have going on in your life or what you want to do in your life and put your energy towards that and be the best at that you can be and do your very best yeah absolutely and real quick have you uh have you seen the show last chance you by any chance i have not i have heard of it i've never seen it well that's fine I'll, i'll just go ahead and explain it so we here at the Cycle 365, soon to be, well, this is technically our last week with the same name. We're going to rebrand next week, but we're going to eventually do reviews of Last Chance You. And basically, so like you know what it is, Justin, and so the viewers know what it is. It, this documentary series on Netflix follows uh, junior colleges, junior JUCO football teams, right? And they call it Last Chance You because this is generally like the last chance most of these players will have not even going pro but just making it to college like getting a scholarship getting like maybe even getting a partial scholarship or a preferred walk-on getting something to get that chance to the next level and one of the things that i mean and this is in all the seasons like there's no i would say honestly in this documentary and this is just juco culture juco football culture basketball culture whatever but there's no like program in america doesn't really emphasize this at Jukos that this is that doesn't emphasize that this isn't your last chance like a lot of places are like well you either make it or you don't type of thing and it's kind of sad because a lot of these players look they all of them have inspirational stories all of them come from tough backgrounds either had they made a mistake and they feel sorry for it that's why they're here or you know maybe they weren't good enough yet but they will be soon and all of these players, they and obviously this is just the mindset that you know, a lot of these kids have because they are kids. You gotta. It's hard to you know take it in because they're so talented and they're like abnormally big for the average adult. But they are you know teenagers, twenty year olds, twenty one year olds, whatever, just trying to follow a dream. But they all do talk about like, well, I'm nothing if I don't go pro. I'm nothing if I don't know. Or even this one. This one's the scariest line that they use. But I don't know what I'll do after football and that's the thing because let's be honest and they brought this statistic up i think in the second season the indie part of last chance you but they brought up the percentage of players that'll go on and go pro and it's less than five percent even at these jucos that churn out d1 players because you could still go d1 that doesn't mean you'll go pro and that's right. the scary part because a lot of these kids really just don't realize it. And I don't blame them either because sometimes they just want to focus on playing. And I get that. Like, yeah, focus right. on playing, have fun. 
for a lot of them you know when they do get to the point where they start dominating or having a lot of success consistency that thought pops into their brain and i think this is a very natural human thought to have what's next because obviously this is a little too easy for me right now and maybe they're not working as hard as they can but they're still succeeding and so i think that's a very human thought and it kind of keeps them on that mindset of well what am i without football what am i if i'm not playing a sport type of thing and that's a dangerous thing and I mean, you everything know, coaches, you're saying, well, everything you're saying is what I told myself and what yeah. I thought about myself. Yeah, That's what absolutely. I've been saying and asking myself that for years. Play that's these it. sports or you do these things for so long. That's all you know. Like I've played hockey for yeah. 18 years. It's hard to picture my life without hockey because just about everything I could think of had something sure. to do with hockey. And so it's even weird if like, not like you're having an identity crisis, but you're just like, Man, I don't have hockey. What do I do now? Maybe I'll pick up sewing. Like, you're just, it's so weird that like this time and stuff that you've never had before. Now, all of a sudden you have it, but you're totally right. You're it, it's, you get your identity wrapped in it oh, yeah. and, and you're totally right. But like, again, I'm not the first kid to experience this. I certainly won't be the last. I that's facts and honestly it is like i would say it is a little bit of a of an identity crisis right because well let's be real like a lot of these kids a huge part of their identity you know athletes i mean a huge part of their identity is sports or they wouldn't be here you know they wouldn't be competing or playing and so that's fine exactly. to call it an identity crisis because you know when you're a kid like you just want to do kid stuff right like i'll yep. be honest like as a high schooler like three years ago or whatever, like I really wasn't thinking, well, how is health insurance going to work? Like benefits, like taxes, stuff like that. Like I wasn't thinking of that. I was thinking like, well, I'm just trying to chill, bro. <laughs> this is high school. And I think for a lot of kids, they should feel like this is just high score. This is just a game. This is just something where I could have fun. I could appreciate for years to come and talk about for years to come the thing is that most kids and i don't blame them because this is a little bit too mature of a you know mindset to go about at least for them because most people's brains don't stop developing until they're in their 20s but like the thing is is that it's hard for them to think of that and separate that from their true like emotional identity you know what i mean like they yes, emotionally sir. feel deep down that like this is me you know, like I am emotionally attached to this and it's okay to be emotionally attached to this because like I said, it'll give you like sports when you love it and you play and you have success and you work so hard and do your best. It will give you some of the highest highs that you'll ever have in life. But like, like I just said, there's always going to be a time where despite it giving you its highest highs, it'll break your heart ultimately because it has to end. Yeah. That's something that. No, we like I said, we could talk about more in a future episode mm -hmm. and go more in depth. But that's something that's hard and something that kids just don't know how to deal with, you know? Because like, I mean, obviously there are sports psychologists and whatnot, and like normal psychologists too, obviously. But no, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but there's you know there's a stigma around that. Like there's a stigma mm -hmm. around mental health, around you know psychologists in general and getting help, especially I would say for male athletes as well, because there's always that. You know that culture of like well i don't need anybody i got myself like i don't need somebody to solve my own problems when i could probably do it but sometimes it does take you know somebody to give you a perspective on yourself 
that is outside of your thinking. Is that right? No, yeah, you're totally right. And it's like even for me, before like everything happened, it's crazy to think it's like you don't picture it. When you talk about going to college, going to the NFL, the NHL or whatever, you don't think of the end. You know, and you'll even hear some people, it's like, when you think of the end, that's when you're giving yourself a plan B. And not in a bad way, but like, maybe it shows that you're now not giving all your effort to your plan A. You're preparing for plan B. And I could understand that. And there's a purity to that logic. But it's like, for me, it's like, when I knew there was a point where it's like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. It's a tough thing to do is that you got to swallow, got to swallow the medicine and know, all right, this isn't going to happen. What do I do now? Like, for example, for me, I'm very excited for my major and my master's and what I want to do. Am I very excited to do it? Yes, I am. Do I love it? When I say this, I don't mean this in a bad way. No, because if I had the chance to go to work or play hockey, I bet you can pick what I'm guessing. But I'm very excited (laughs) in my major. I'm very excited what I can do with it. And again... Professional athletes have a very special gift is that they get to get paid to play the sport they love. And that's mm. that's something special. And that's, I don't think, and, and you know, and again, it's okay if you don't make it. It happens. You're not the first person. You won't be the last. So nope. just focus on you and do you the very best you can. And I know that kind of sounds like cookie, like fortune cookie wisdom or something like that. <laughs> but there really is purity to that. Just focus on you. If you want to go to the NFL, then work your tail off. Do everything you need to do to get to the NFL. And if you don't make it to the NFL, if you do, great. That's awesome. If you don't, look back and think, did I end my, my football career the way I wanted to? Did I give it everything? The X amount of years that I gave into it, do I felt like I left it all out in the field and I really don't have any regrets? And if you answer yes to both of those questions... I think you're okay. You've done what you could do in the sport and you understand that it's the way she goes. And if you don't, that's okay too. A lot of us feel that way. But think on why you felt that way and try to process those feelings and get through them. Because if you don't, it's going to eat you up. Take it from me. It's going to eat you up and it's going to kill you. Not literally, but... Sometimes literally though, low key. Just going to throw that out there. Low key, just a little bit. But so. it's it's gonna eat you up inside. Like I'm not gonna lie, it 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 was difficult me for years to just flip on a hockey game because it's that t- that negative taste in your mouth. You're not angry at the game. I'm just angry at myself and knowing what yeah. could have been. But on the other hand, I have no idea. There could have been 15 different factors that added up to this, and this is the reason why. Like a butterfly effect. You don't know. Don't have a time machine. You're never going to know this answer. So don't exhaust yourself trying to piece all this together, finding out the 15,000 different ways this could have gone. It's all right. Oh. I'm not going to the NHL, but you know what? I still love watching the hockey games. This whole playoff series, I've been like a kid in a candy store. I've been loving it. Six games a day. <laughs> oh, I've been loving it. Been eating it up. <laughs> no, but it's yeah. now that I've finally found that happiness and that peace to get past this. It's all good. It's okay. And I, and I it, this is not an easy thing to do. It is not, but it's okay. In fact, my psychologist, he actually was a walk-on at Notre Dame for football, a walk-on. That's pretty impressive stuff. And he, right then and there, has already achieved more than most kids playing football will. And I can understand why he had his identity issues too. It's because he got labeled walk-on. 
and no one ever really gave him a chance. And he struggled with some of the very things I'm struggling with in a little different circumstances, but that's a sure. hard thing to process. And one of the things he came to the conclusion of is the fact that like, you know, when he, it took him years and years after he played, but it was like, looking back on it, do I feel like I ended my time at Notre Dame the way I wanted to? And that's something I think people need to think about. How do I want to end things? How, how are you going to close this chapter or close, close this book? How do you want to write it? Do you want to end it because you're pissed off and angry at the whole world? And just resentment? Or do you want to do it? I mean, if that's the way you want to do it, that's the way you want to do it. But how do you, <laughs> how can you find happiness in the way you ended things? And that was something he wished he had thought about when he was at Notre Dame. Because maybe he would have walked away a lot sooner than he did. Something to consider. Oh, for sure. And just so we're, we're going to wrap up real quick here. But just to add on to that before we end, you know, it's okay. Like, I think the biggest thing with that is find peace in your finality, you know, with yes. your playing career. And look, everyone's peace and finality is going to look different. Like, I'm going to be honest, like, there are some careers where, I think everyone kind of just feels this way, but ideally you end your career on top at the highest level with a championship ring. And I think that's as ideal as it gets. But if you don't yep. do that and you maybe come short or you you miss the playoffs or you're like old and you just, you're not where you were, that's okay. You know, that's okay. Because everyone's story, everyone's journey is just going to be different. And, you know, honestly, I'm going to throw this out there as well. Like your career does not, or well, actually, wait a second. Let me let me uh, rephrase this. I'm gonna just throw this out there. Yes, but, Simon, what you about to say? <laughs> but like you, if your career is over, you could still have finality and peace with it. You don't have to be playing mm -hmm. to feel that finality and peace because sometimes it just takes like visiting the old field, going through your thoughts and being like, all right, here's what I accomplished. This is what I put out on the field. These are the memories of this is a big one for me. And this is what I tell my kids, my athletes, my students all the time. But you know, cherish those memories because I'm just gonna be honest, like a lot of the time you won't know that those are good memories until you're looking back at it. But when you yep. are looking back at it, I want you to really empathize. This is gonna sound kind of weird, but empathize with yourself. Feel that memory, feel like the joy of being together, being with the squad, having a squad having all these stresses of adulthood of post sports mm -hmm. and whatnot and just feel like yes, the happiness and that it sounds yep. cheesy but for a lot of people nope. it takes time to and this is gonna be different for everyone just throwing this out there but it's gonna be gonna be something that you'll appreciate you know in the long run yeah just feeling all of that and i'm not gonna lie it took me a while as well because yeah like i said it was and like you said i think you put this perfectly i don't think a lot of people really talk about this but after you play it is kind of hard to watch a sport like a professional sport on tv i'm not gonna lie there's most definitely a year or two in college maybe no yeah it was in college for sure where i was just like dang bro i really don't want to watch this dude like like a bunch of these dudes that i've played against like succeed like that knowing that i could have maybe made a little bit more noise but that's not the way of thinking because you made like I think for me, I had to come to the realization that I did what I could with my circumstances and that's that, you know, that's life. It's time yeah. to stop dwelling on the past and move forward. And I think 
that's a really good way of wrapping this up like youth sports it's supposed to be a great experience and although it's not perfect i guarantee yeah. everyone will be able to find a, at least one or two good ex really good experiences that they could cherish forever and that they could hold on to throughout life but obviously not yeah. too strong that it's you know a super big part of their identity but hold on to that you know it's it's kind of a happy place a happy memory that could go back to and then they move on yeah you live life you have your career have your family do oh, well maybe not in that order but do what makes you feel i guess like a person and then just live with it exactly yeah, like i said we'll go deeper into this but do you yeah. have anything else to add on or um yeah i do i got I guess these are my two last points. Uh, it's funny that you say that. Um, my psych, uh, my psychologist actually kind of said the same thing is, I guess I didn't really think about this, but when he said it, just put it right into perspective. Uh, for the viewers out there, I'm going into my senior year of college. Woohoo, I'm almost done. Oh. Um, and I guess it never really like clicked with me because Simon and I, the high school we went to, we were going to college about the depending on who you were the sophomore to junior year of high school so we've been in college for a while we're no strangers to it uh and it, in yeah. a sense kind of feels like it's never ending um yeah <laughs> but what my, for sure but my psychologist told me is that i'm going into my senior year and after that i really don't have another college experience like i will and even though i'm going for a graduate degree it's different oh, yeah and he told me to just enjoy my time there and make the memories and have as much fun as possible. And I was like, holy, wow. How have I never really thought that? Some of the best times I've had with my teammates or when I was at UAF is the memories. Looking back on it, yeah, do I, do I remember skating with, practicing with the guys? Yeah. What are the best memories is being able to spend the time with the guys. Those are the best ones. It's just enjoy enjoy making these memories with your teammates and 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 just having as much fun as possible obviously when it comes time to compete compete but enjoy these memories and look back on it and be like that's how i wanted to do this this was so fun an amazing year loved it this is one for the books um and so i guess my last point is is i know we kind of went down a rabbit hole but i it's think fun. someone out there maybe more than one person needed to hear this um, and I think this was a message that needed to get out there. And it does tie back to youth sports. Um, and I hope if anyone is going through this or has recently gone through this, I hope you got you can overcome your, your challenges and your the negative things you're telling yourself. Um, and I hope this helps a little bit and maybe gives you a different perspective to think on. And I want you to know that you're not the only person who is going through this or has gone through this. There is the light at the end of the tunnel and you will, you will be able to find peace in yourself. Just don't give up. And maybe sometimes you have to answer some tough questions that, you know, that don't feel good to answer and you're not comfortable answer, answering them, but it's something you maybe need to do to get that peace. Um, and so whoever it is out there, I hope this helps and I hope you guys are able to learn something different and maybe get a different perspective on things and simon thank you so much for having me on your podcast a few different times it has been an absolute blast um certainly won't be the end i hope um if there are any others no. definitely reach out i'd be happy to do it i could tell you kind of what's going on at ndsu with this whole covid thing especially with football um but yeah definitely thank you so much this has been a blast um Kenny Long, thank you again. I don't know if you'll be listening, but thank you so much for everything you did for us. Uh, 
that was a little little bit of a dream come true. Uh, and thank you everyone out there for supporting the channel and supporting the uh, the cast and the people that uh, make it happen. So thank you very much. Yeah, bro. Hey, appreciate you coming on and shout out to all the guests we've had. Addison, this was one of his biggest points. You know, he loved how we had a bunch of different perspectives on and a bunch of different people. And so shout out to everyone. I'm good, just going to go ahead and list them because I can. You know, obviously, Justin and Addison Zyke, Kenny Long, Jasmine Hughes, um, Alicia Padilla. She did our cheerleading episode. Cody Stoffer, my boy from the cycle 365. Anthony, Cody, and Maddie. You know, uh, appreciate all y'all. Y'all are great. Oh, sorry. I almost forgot. My boys, Nick Garza and Jake Schaefer from UNC. <laughs> Skull Bears. You know, uh, it's been great. And this has been a good thing. With So I'm just going to give a little preview of where this podcast is going. I think we did last week. But I know a lot of people do listen to these mini-series episodes. So I'm just going to say it again. We're most definitely looking to focus a little bit more on youth sports college developmental leagues high school and whatnot as well and so we're gonna have more of these more of these deeper conversations i know cody wants to get into a little bit of sports psychology i think that's oh well, okay i'm not gonna put that out there because that's his personal life well that's an interest for him for sure and we can most definitely find some people with that same interest justin if you're dan to come back or if you have the time to come back we'll most definitely oh. love to have you back and have some of these deeper conversations because we really the only thing we really didn't talk about except for maybe this episode is life after sports and i think that's something that we should most definitely hit on because we have plenty of guys who are qualified we're all in that okay like i hate to say it but a lot of us are kind of just in that time where our days of playing are about to be behind us you know and it's our mm -hmm. turn to give back to the sport that gave us so much and that's why we did this thing that's why we have these tough conversations and whatnot. So tune in soon, hopefully in um, hopefully in two weeks. But tune in soon and check out what we got what we got going on. But hey, this I am one of your co-hosts, Simon Villanos. I'm Justin Zykes. And uh, yeah, follow us on social media at the Cycle Three Six Five. This episode coming up on Friday for the Cycle Three Six Five will be the very last episode under this name so check out look out for that look out for the name that we're going to be dropping we're still gonna if you follow us already we're still gonna be there we're just gonna be under a different name so look out for that it's gonna be a big deal hopefully we could get um most of the boys on there and just talk our experiences but yeah peace